Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Exodus 14 through 16. We all know that the circumstances of life may vary. There are mountains and there are valleys. There are highs and there are lows. But as we look through the Bible, what we will see is that we should be the same kind of person in both of those situations. We should be the same person on the mountain that we are in the valley. And one thing we're going to start seeing in this next phase of the nation of Israel is, well, they're one way on the mountaintop and a different way in the valley. And that's not what we want to be because we have the same God in every situation of life. We worship the same God. And so the question I want to ask you today is, are you a worshiper Or are you a whiner? And a lot of people, it's, well, I'm a worshiper when things are going well. But I am a whiner as soon as there is trouble. And what we want to be, by God's grace, are people who worship no matter what is going on in our lives. Because that's what God deserves. When we consider who God is, when we consider what God has done for us, And when we consider what God can and will do for us, we should be worshipers all of the time. So that's the main thing I want you to think about and hopefully to be shaped in by our text today. Chapter 14 will tell us about the drama at the Red Sea. And thanks to, you know, even Hollywood going back to Charlton Heston and the Ten Commandments or uh, more recently, the Prince of Egypt, right? I mean, this is a scene that is just classic even in cinema in America. This is a, a scene that is classic in, you know, picture Bibles for kids. This is a scene, frankly, that if you read the rest of the Old Testament, you will see attention brought back to this scene. Now, it begins, I want you to notice something. The Lord says to Moses exactly what he is going to do. He says, a Pharaoh is going to say, hey, the wilderness has shut them in. Let's go get them. And God says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. And I shall get glory over Pharaoh and all his host. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. So I hope you see that now as a theme throughout uh, the book uh, that God is calling his shots. God is saying what he is going to do before he does it. And God has a purpose for his shots uh, that he might get glory and that the Egyptians might know that he is the Lord. So that's one reason why should I not be a whiner in the valley? Because God has a purpose for the valleys if you're a Christian. God had a purpose for the Israelites being seemingly stuck in the wilderness because that was his plan to get glory. But if you notice, that is not what the Israelites think. And it's easy for us from our vantage point to be like, did they just forget about the 10 plagues? What is their deal? But we need to slow our roll. We need to 
humble ourselves and we need to be honest and we need to admit that we often forget what God has just done for us and we're quick to whine. We're quick to freak out. Look at what they say in verse 11. As they see the Egyptians coming, they say to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? They're so quick to doubt. They're so quick to complain. And Moses counters that by saying to them, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. So what are you going to do when there is trouble? Are you going to whine? Are you going to complain? Or are you going to worship? And really what Moses is saying here, if we really believe that, that's an expression of worship. Trusting God in a difficult time is a way you show that you think he is worthy and precious and valuable. Not all worship is singing songs. Because when you show that kind of faith, when you say, I'm going to fear not and stand firm in difficulty, you are worshiping the Lord. And God, again, shares what he is going to do ahead of time, saying that he will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots, and his horsemen. And so then we see what happens. Moses stretch out as his hand, stretches out his hands. God divides the water. The Israelites pass through the Red Sea on dry ground. The Egyptians They go in after them, but God then confuses them. Their chariots are getting stuck. And then Moses stretches out his hand again, and the sea returns to normal, and the Egyptians are wiped out by the waters. Uh, And it says in verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And so then we get to their response to this in verse 15, and this is a good response. They respond in worship. And what I'm trying to say is look at chapter 15, and that's the way you should be responded responding when there's a great victory. And that's how you should be responding when there is a trial as well. Look at how the song starts. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. This is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. If you think especially there about verse two, those are thoughts with which you should be able to identify, Christian, because the Lord is your strength and your song, and he has become your salvation. He has not rescued you from Pharaoh and the armies of the Egyptians. He has rescued you from sin. He has rescued you from the domain of darkness and slavery to sin and the evil one. He's delivered you from that. This is what you should sing. And when you start to complain, Christian, you are showing that you have forgotten the incredible deliverance that God has worked for you. Later on, it gets to this beautiful line in verse 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? 
The answer to those questions is obviously meant to be no, that there is no one. There's no one like God. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. You have led in your steadfast love the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. So chapter 15 is a wonderful chapter. That song ends with the Lord will reign forever and ever. And then Moses' sister leads a song in verse 21. Sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. What an amazing moment of victory. But look how quickly things change. Then they set out from the Red Sea. They go into the wilderness. They're three days in and they find no water until they find this bitter water. And instantly look at what happens in verse 24. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And God, he provides a solution here. And he even tells them, hey, you need to obey me. And if you obey me, uh, things will go well. And I'm not going to put the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. But then they go in to the wilderness and they start grumbling again. In verse 2 of chapter 16, the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Oof. Now look how quick they are to complain again, and then look at what God does. He rains down bread from heaven for them. And Moses even says to them, Moses and Aaron in verse 7, In the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And God ends up providing, and at the end of the chapter it says, The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years until they came to a habitable land. So you see a mixture there. You see them, you see them worshiping in response to the Red Sea, but you also see them whining. And both before God provides at the Red Sea, at these bitter waters, and, and then when they're looking for food, all three of those times, they seem pretty quick to whine, pretty quick to complain. But if we really believe what chapter 15 says about the character of God, we don't need to whine. We don't need to complain. We can trust him. We can trust that he will provide. We can do what Moses says in chapter 14 by trusting the Lord, fearing not, waiting for him, watching him work, watching him win the victory. That is what we need to do. So I don't know if you're on a mountaintop today. I don't know if you're in a valley today. But what I do know is that if you really understand what God has done for you, if you really understand that there is no one like God, He alone is holy, and if you really understand what God can do and what God will do for you as you understand the promises of God, then there is no reason for you to be a whiner today. Every single one of us should be a worshiper. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.